Welcome to Power of the Cross Radio Sermons with Pastor Farrell Wilson. Brother Wilson is the pastor of the Lighthouse Church in Grenada, Mississippi. The sermon you are about to hear can also be downloaded at grenadachurch.com. We know you are going to be blessed. Now, on to the message. John chapter 7, verse 37. In the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. But this spake he of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given, because that Jesus was not yet glorified. Let's, let's go to prayer. Father, I need your help this morning, Lord, to be able to preach your word from your sacred desk. God, let me hide behind the cross. Lord, I pray that we tune our ears into what the Spirit would have to say. and We'll be careful to give you honor and praise. And we ask it in Jesus' name. And we say, Amen. Science tells us that for a human being to survive, you have to have four basic elements to survive. You have to have water. You can only survive just a few days without water. Uh, You have to have food. Now, some people can go a couple of weeks without food, but it won't be too long and your body will shut down. Air. You have to have air to survive. You cannot survive very long without air. You know, after one minute with the absence of air, your, your brain begins to shut down and die. Four to six minutes without air, you won't be with us. I know there have been some things here and there, miracles that happened, but we're talking about just ordinary, everyday events. You can go about four minutes without air, and that's it. Light. You have to have sunlight to survive. I did not know this until I started looking at this for a sermon. The lack of sunlight can prevent the body from producing vitamin D, which in turn inhibits calcium absorption. Very low calcium levels might lead to spasms of the larynx, which causes suffocation. You can suffocate without having sunlight. And sunlight also produces serotonin, which helps regulate your healthy sleep. So if you're not sleeping very well, you might want to get out in sunlight a little while. The Bible tells us that Jesus is living water. The Bible tells us that he's the bread of life. Jesus is the breath of life. And Jesus is the light of heaven. So science got it right. We need Jesus to live. Amen? Let's look at the uh, living water first. One prominent image that recurs from Genesis to Revelation is that of living water. In the Middle East, it's not like here. In the Middle East, water is very scarce and it's needed for survival. And which I know that's every place, but in that area, water is extremely scarce. There's no going down as to the corner store and getting a bottle of uh, Dasani water. There's some places that it's almost as precious as gold. And only a few months of, out of a year does rain fall in Israel. And the rest of the time... Ancient people survived on stagnant water that was stored in cisterns. Some of y'all may remember those. We had them in this area. And what is a cistern? It's just a big old concrete pit that they dug. Well, they dug the hole and poured concrete in it. And as the rain would fall, it would catch it. And for many months out of the year, that's the only water you have. Go out there with a bucket and pull water up. Matter of fact, I think we still got one on our property out there. They were very common, especially in rural areas. 
uh, when rain does fall after many months of blue skies, it, it seems like a miraculous gift from God in that area. And the difference with or without rain in Israel is amazing. What can be a barren hill at times after rain turns into uh, green meadows and flowers. And where there's rivers, there's lush vegetation that surrounds them. But outside of that, just a few yards away, it's very barren. So when Jesus stood up and spoke this, it hit home with them when he said in our opening text that he was living water. Now, out of this idea of living water, which uh, the, I believe is the Greek word, mayim kim, and it refers to water in the form of rain flowing from a natural spring, which comes directly from God, and it's not carried by human hands or stored in cisterns. Uh, living water was strongly associated with the presence of God in Old Testament scriptures. God is called the source of living water throughout the Old Testament. Now, in the New Testament, as we see Jesus speaking, it refers to the Holy Spirit. And the setting behind this scripture is during the Feast of Sukkot, on the last and greatest day when the prayers of Israel, they were uh, an impassioned plea for God to send the rains upon Israel. Jesus stands up and he begins to shout this scripture that I read to you. He says, if any man thirsts, let him come unto me and drink, and he that believeth on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. And he spake this of the Spirit. We have to have living water in our life every day. Just like as you have, you have to take a, a drink of water that nourishes your body, you have to have the Spirit daily in your life. And I think this is where much of the church runs aground as they teach about salvation uh, by faith, that we trust in Christ and what He's accomplished for us. But after they get saved, that's why I think so many people depart out of the church. They do not understand how to live for God. They try many things. They'll try works. They'll try going to different churches. They'll try to hit all the revivals they can. Nothing wrong with that. But it's not going to keep that power, the Spirit in your life working daily. It takes your faith centered in what Christ has accomplished at Calvary, guiding and teaching you every day of your life. Why do you think Jesus said, take up your cross daily? He said, take up your cross daily. Paul taught this quite well in Romans chapter 6, 7, and 8, that you have to do this daily. And if you don't, that living water is not flowing in you. Without that living water, you will die spiritually in a very short time. You have to have water to keep you going almost daily. You'll die or you'll be in bad health. So it is with the Spirit of God. And when we get saved, the Spirit of God takes up residence in us. This is very serious in the Christian walk. I don't know how well I'm explaining it today. I don't feel like I'm doing a good job of it. But I do know this, if you don't understand how the Holy Spirit works in your life, if you don't understand He's living inside of you, you're not going to get very far in your Christian walk. Your Christian walk will just turn into I attend church maybe on Sunday morning, and that's about it, and then you go out in the world and do what you want. I get asked the question all the time, why don't I don't feel like I'm living for the Lord? What, what can I do to draw closer to the Lord? Just listen to what we teach. It's not complicated. When you rest your faith in Christ and what He's accomplished for you, it's supernatural what happens. This living water is inside of you. 
You just got to understand how to release it out in your life and how you can live for the Lord. Make no mistake about it. We've got a world out there of so-called Christians and so-called churches that think they're going to heaven and they're living like the world. They're living for the world. They're living like the devil's probably the way you heard it put many years ago. And they're, they're kidding themselves if you think you can go out in that world live any kind of way you want and then make it to heaven. It just doesn't work that way. Pick up your Bible and read it. That living water has to be flowing in your life daily. Are you going to make mistakes? Sure. You're human. You're going to have sin in your life, unfortunately. I'm not saying we set out to do that intentionally, but unfortunately in every Christian's life, at some point they have sin in their life. But God provided a way that that living water inside of you is, is the water you need for your soul to quench that thirst. Let's look at the bread of life. Uh, one time in the book of John, in fact, chapter 6 and verse 35, Jesus had just fed 5,000 men plus women and children. And he speaks to the crowd again, and he, this time he offers them a different kind of bread than the one he had passed around in the miracle. One that would never rot and always keep them full. When the people asked for bread, the, the Bible records, Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whosoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whosoever believes in me shall never thirst. Bread is one food that is essential across all cultures in the world. It is a staple in many diets. You can probably go without meat, but bread is something that is through all generations and all cultures and every continent in the world. It is one of the most accessible foods there is. And at this point in history, what we read it would have been understood as almost a necessity. You had to have it to live. Uh, the Jewish people also, when he, he spoke about bread, it carried them back to the times of Moses when God would supernaturally put manna, the bread, upon the ground. All they had to do was go out in the morning when they were out in the wilderness and God would... Uh, create bread and it would appear and it would be resting on the dew in the mornings. They, all they had to do was go grab it. So they understood about bread and feeding them and sustaining them. You know, in every human, there is a hunger to achieve. Everyone, if all things normal in your life, you have a hunger to do, to, to achieve things, to make something out of your life. Now, when you feast on the bread of life, it satisfies that longing, that hunger you have down in your soul. There's the reason for life. If anybody asks you, why am I alive? Why am I on this planet out in this galaxy that is just mind-boggling? Here we are in a little blue dot in the middle of nowhere in this solar system. And what am I doing here? What, what is the purpose behind all this? The reason you live is for God. The reason you have life is because of Him. That's the reason for life, Jesus Christ. But if you search for bread in the world, all you're going to find is rotten, stale bread. No direction, depression, anxiety, and no reason for living. That's all you'll find. Why do you think worldly people are so unhappy? Why do you think they're running around looking for answers and never finding? And they do things like commit suicide or bound by drugs. This past week, uh, this one lady, this actress, what was her name? Anne Heche? 
I, my wife got to telling me about this, and I, I, could, I almost didn't believe my wife. I said, you misread something. And I went back and looked at it. She wrote an autobiography, and she declared that she was Jesus Christ. She did. She said, I, I'm, I'm, I'm like God, and I feel like I'm, I'm Jesus Christ. Come back. And she was looking for some form of happiness and never found it. And unfortunately, this poor soul was bound by drugs and alcohol, and it culminated her life into a very tragic accident. And she's no different than most of the world. The drugs numb the senses to the reality that the world can never satisfy your soul. That's why they're out there. That's why the devil has uh, drugs and alcohol. Because it numbs your senses to the reality of what the world system really is. Uh, maybe I need to clarify that when I speak of the world, I'm not talking about the creation of planet earth. I'm talking about that world system that don't belong to God. Because Jesus said himself, he said the, that Satan was lord of this world. And he meant that, that world system that will never satisfy your soul. Trying to find satisfaction for the soul ends in a wasted life. If you follow all the world and you never follow Jesus Christ... Your life, when it's over, when that day comes for you to leave this world, you're going to realize that your life was completely and utterly wasted. Then it will come to you that the devil has been lying to you your whole life, trying to get you to follow after things that will never bring joy and happiness. Look at the wealthy. They're so unhappy. They're so scared that they're going to lose that money. I've told this many times, and I won't go into no great detail, but my wife and me, one weekend, we had the opportunity to uh, stay the weekend, a Friday and a Saturday, with some very wealthy people. I mean, they had money just falling out their pockets. And they were the most miserable people I have ever been around. I mean, I just got up. I didn't even want to be around them. They're so depressing. It was like that hee-haw thing that showed gloom, despair. It's agony on me. That's all I heard. They were just scared about everything that would come along. It really shocked me. I have everything in the world to be happy about. You as a Christian have everything in the world to be happy about. I know in whom I believed. I know what I'm doing here on this planet. I know where I'm going. I know what the meaning of life is. I have nothing to fear. I know what's ahead of me in the future. And I can tell you this. I don't have a lot on this planet. But I had the best life possible. I do. I am blessed many times over. The breath of life. In John 20 and 22. Jesus appears to scare disciples. The background is he had been crucified. And no doubt the thought was going through their minds. The Pharisees would be looking for them. And turn them over to the Roman guards. Here their leader is gone, he's dead is what they were thinking and it wouldn't be long before the Roman soldiers would kick down the door and get them and do the same thing. Once again, thank you for listening to Power of the Cross Radio Sermons. We hope this message has been a blessing to you. Now, we ask you to help us keep bringing great Pentecostal messages to the world. Join us in our effort to reach the lost by supporting this ministry with a generous offering. We cannot do this unless people just like you give to help cover the costs. On the homepage at www.cross.radio, click on how you can help. There you can give by credit card, debit card, or e-check. Let the Lord bless you and use you in your giving. Now, back to the message.
But if you read in John chapter 20, something amazing happens. Here they are with no life to look forward to. They felt like they'd been betrayed. They gave up all their fishing and collecting taxes and things they'd done to make a living. They gave it all up to follow Christ, and here he is gone. But something very miraculous happens. They're in this room scared, assembled together. And just all of a sudden, Jesus materializes in the midst of them. Woo, that's powerful. I mean, he didn't knock on the door and say, hey, let me in. He didn't kick the door down. He didn't come through a window. He didn't come through the roof. He just materializes in the middle of them where they were gathered. They're all standing there gathered up. And right in the middle of them, he shows up. And this is what he said, peace be unto you. If you're looking for peace and you can't find peace in your life, there's an answer. When people come to you as a Christian, and no doubt some of the older people in here, at some point in your life, somebody has come to you with problems. And they said, I, you know, I can't find an answer here. I have no peace in my life. My money ain't adding up. I, I don't know what I'm going to do. What did you tell them? Did you tell them about things in the world? Maybe go see a psychologist. Did you tell them they could get professional help? And I'm not demanding you if you did. I did that years ago. I was guilty of things like that. But when somebody comes to me now, and Brother Wilson, I just, I'm depressed. I have anxiety. I don't know what I'm going to do. My answer for them now, and the only answer you could give them that will give help to them is when Jesus said, peace be unto you. Peace can come into your life with Jesus Christ. If you're worried right now and you have to stay on medication to have peace in your life, it's something for anxiety. Have you considered turning it over to Jesus? I'm not, don't quit taking your medication based upon what I'm telling you. But if you ever thought about praying and saying, Lord, I need help. You see the medication I'm on and, and I can't cope with things mentally. Let Jesus Christ be peace. And he said, as my Father has sent me, even so send I you. He gave them a commission right there. And that is your commission that carries on to this day. Our job is not just to show up church on Sunday mornings and bring our tithes. Those are only one small aspect of what we're called to do. We are called to go into this evil world, not just in here. And that's a problem with a lot of the churches. There's no outreach. They're not concerned about what's happening out that door. Oh, it's gotten so evil, Brother Wilson, they won't listen. Well, they're not gonna, sure not going to listen if you never tell them. I remember a very uh, prominent preacher in the Church of God, and I've shared this testimony a lot. Now, some of you hadn't heard it, uh, but he pastored a little small church in uh, North Georgia, Mount Paragon Church of God. It only ran 11,000 people. <laughs> very small church, just kidding, but he know, knew a lot. He said one time he was downtown Atlanta, Georgia, and he was there for some type of conference, and there were people uh, the homosexual crowd was out there picketing where he was going. And uh, he said a young man was holding a sign that said, Jesus died for somebody's sins, but it wasn't mine. And it hit him. He didn't blast the young man. He just said his heart sank. The, you know, somebody has not told that young man about the love that Jesus has for him. And how sad it is. How many people are going to lose their lives today? And nobody's ever witnessed to them about Jesus Christ. I can't cover everybody. Preachers in the pulpit 
can't cover everybody that's out there. That's why Jesus sent us. And when you go out in the world, to be honest with you, the church is really the place for the saints to come and learn and to worship Jesus Christ. Yeah, we might see some unsaved now and then, but the reality is most people will be saved outside of the church. Some will come in, but even more in our day, in this time that we live in, as much hatred as there is for the church, God needs you. Even so, I send you to go out into the world and be an ambassador for Jesus Christ. You can find creative ways to talk to people about Jesus. I remember one pastor in the Church of God said he got on a flight and he was wanting to talk to the man sitting next to him and open up that door just a conversation about Jesus. And it was obvious he said he wasn't a Christian. He just small talked. He said, what do you do for a living? The man said, I'm a banker. And he looked at the pastor and said, what do you do for a living? He said, oh, I sell fire insurance. You can find creative ways to open up that door. And, I, and I, he talked to the man and eventually led him to Jesus Christ. I mean, there's ways you can talk to people. You've got a mission field probably right there in your home when your family comes over. You've got a family. Not to yell and scream, madam. You've got a family that needs to hear some kindness and love out of you. Whoo, I'm getting convicted a little bit here myself. They need the calm, Pharaoh. They need to hear about the love of God. And when he had said this, Jesus breathed on them and said, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. Not everybody agrees with this, but if you want to know when salvation started, it was right here. Because later on, he would tell them to go and wait and tarry in Jerusalem. And then there was a second, secondary act when they received the Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So here he breathed on them life. If you want life, let Jesus Christ breathe into your life. Accept Him as Savior. And He, he gave them the assurance of peace. He gives them a mission. He breathed on them the Holy Spirit and gave them a new life. If you want a new life, if you want things to change in your life starting today, serve Him and follow after Him. If nothing's changed since you think you got saved, you probably never got saved. I don't mean to be hard and unkind. I'm not being mean to you. But if nothing changed and you're hanging on to the same old sins, you're not convicted about anything, you're probably not saved. I don't say that out of meanness. I say that as a check to yourself to examine yourself. And let the Holy Spirit look into your heart. Only He can tell you if you're saved or not. I'm not trying to scare you. I'm trying to prepare you. I'm trying to get you ready for something that's coming. Because this world is winding down. There's no doubt about it. This world is not going to get better. and We're going to join hands and sing Kumbaya and invite Jesus Christ back. That's not what is going to happen. That's not what the Bible says. The Bible, as a matter of fact, says times are going to wax worse and worse. I get tickled at Christians. They, I've had so many people get mad at me over the years. Just, you preach doom and gloom. Well, you have to say that about the book of Revelation. It doesn't tell you everything's going to get better. It doesn't tell you this world's going to line out because we get a great politician in office and everything's going to get better. It says this. That the love of many will wax cold. In the last days, people are going to become evil like they have never been before. 
Wars are going to be breaking out everywhere. There's going to be diseases you've never seen. They're going to cover this planet. Food is going to become scarce. Water is going to become like gold. Evil leaders are going to rise up. And the worst of all, the church is going to go to the wayside and follow after things they shouldn't be following. It says even the very elect. Even those people, those, those people you thought could never be fooled by anything, even those will be fooled in the last days. And the way I see it, here we are. Here we are. You need a new life. And that life can only be found as Jesus breathes that new life into you. Make the most of what time you have here. Make every day count. And if you'll let it count with Jesus Christ, you'll have something. Think of them. The disciples. They had just betrayed Jesus Christ. They just wrote him off. In fact, one of them was standing around cussing, saying, I don't even know him. I wasn't with him. He was lying. They'd run from him. Nobody was at Calvary except John and some of the family, his mother. A few ladies were gathered around. None of them disciples, the majority of them, they weren't there. And you would think, well, that's an unpardonable sin. But yet, you see, through his grace and mercy, through his grace and mercy, he still gave them a new life. You've never committed a sin that can separate you from the love of God. Only you can separate yourself from the love of God. Let Jesus breathe into your life. And last but not least, the light of the world. This world system is a cruel, dark place. Uh, in that darkness, people are searching for the best life now. That's what they're looking for. Everybody's looking for something. And we have popular preachers out there telling them that you can have your best life now. And for the majority of them, life finally chews them up and spits them out. And their life is in a wreck when they follow a wrong direction. So many promises of fame and fortune all shrivel up to be destroyed. And it's a miserable life when it stumbles in that darkness. Paul said in Romans chapter 11 that we're a grafted in branch. Means that, or I've heard it said tree and vine, but either way you look at it, Israel was always compared to a, an olive tree. And where that grafted in branch, God took that branch and sowed it into that main tree, the Gentiles. And some people have been standing on that branch and trying to saw it off, taking wax at it here and there. And they thought when we break that branch, we're going to land on a bed of roses. But when that branch broke, what happened is we landed in a cesspool of barbed wire. Our nation now makes Sodom and Gomorrah blush. That's the condition we're in. If there's ever a time that our nation needs light, it's now. Not later, not down the road. We need it now. All you have to do is take one sweep through social media and you'll see what kind of condition our nation is in. And it's bad. John 1 and 4 said, In him was life, and the life was the light of men. There's one light still shining in this sin-cursed world. One only. And his name is Jesus Christ. My friend, if you want the best life now, accept Jesus today. 
I don't know who this radio is speaking to right now. I've felt that over the last few weeks that there would be people listening that don't even know Christ as their Savior. Maybe by accident they stumbled across cross.radio. And there is a life in the light of Jesus Christ that you can have. If you're in the darkness, ask Jesus to come into your dark life and give light and hope to your meaning here. We hit every head bowed and every eye closed. And I'm not going to embarrass you. I always say that because I always felt like in myself when I was in church sometimes and sitting on the pews that preachers unintentionally would embarrass others by calling them out, inviting them down. And I've learned over the years maybe sometimes things we've done in the church is embarrassing to people and I can understand. If you want to come down front, this altar is open and we don't ever need to do away with altar calls in the church. I'm not saying that. But if you have a need this morning, nobody's looking. I just want to see a show of hands. If you have a need this morning, lift up your hand. I see them going up everywhere. Hallelujah. You can put them down. I'm not going to call you down here. You know what the need is. God knows the need. And we're going to pray for that right now. Maybe you're backslidden. Uh, maybe it's just you have a financial need. Maybe it's a prayer for healing. When we pray today, I'm believing that God's going to answer each and every need in your life. I've seen so many hands go up. Every one of us have a need. We need that water flowing in our life. We need that bread of life. We need that breath of life. We need the light more than ever shining into our, our heart, our life, in our home, in our church. Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus. Lord, you've seen the hands. Uh, there's so many spoken and unspoken requests this morning. We, we have a friend, uh, Clark Faulkner. I know his heart is just crushed this morning. Lord, and we pray peace over his life. We just ask that you would breathe on him this morning. God, give him reassurance that we know where Barbara is this morning. I wish I could be there with them, but I know more importantly is that you're there with them, Lord, and giving him comfort and peace that only you can give. Father, for the people in our church, Lord, I, my heart is with them. My prayers are with them. God, I'm asking for every need in their life be met, Lord. All the prayer requests that went across just a moment ago, Lord, by the signifying of raising their hands. Lord, I'm praying those needs are supernaturally met today. For us to be an army that can go out, Lord, and spiritually conquer over the evil and darkness in this world. They have to have their needs met. They have to be financially able, physically able, domestically able, mentally able, Lord. And I'm asking God to bless them like never before and prepare them for what's ahead, Lord. To be a powerful witness in these last days to feel that mandate of preaching the gospel to the world. Lord, I, I just I know you're laying this on my spirit. There's somebody listening, Lord. There is somebody listening that needs to know Christ, their Savior. And if that is you today, we're going to pray a simple prayer. It's so simple. And if you just truly believe from the bottom of your heart and turn your life over to Jesus, you'll be saved. And I know that God is faithful and will will help you every day of your life. We'd be glad for you to email us at info at cross.radio. We'll try to help you any way we can. Say this little prayer. Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus. Please forgive me my sins the way I live. Your word says that I will believe Jesus is your son, died upon the cross and arose the third day. That, Lord, I would be saved. I commit my life to him today. And I'm asking every single day of my life, 
that you would come in and help me, Lord. And, and Lord, show me your word. Show me, Lord, where I need to go. Open up the doors. Make the path clear, Lord. Father, I, and we pray for those people today. If they accepted Christ as their Savior, we know you're going to be faithful and stick beside them and help them. If we can help them anyway, Lord, I pray we're available and we have the right answer for their life. Lord, as we go now, protect us, keep us safe. In Jesus' name we ask these things. Amen. This brings us to the end of this sermon. Don't forget to help us in our effort to bring the message of the cross to the world. We need your prayers and financial gifts to make that happen. Also, be sure to check out our website schedule and prayer wall at www.cross.radio. Power of the Cross Radio streams great Christian music and sermons all day, every day. Again, thank you for joining us today and may God bless you and keep you. Power of the Cross Radio is a production of Cross Faith Ministries. Visit them on the web at www.cfministry.com.